The Evolve Network is now live at evolvenetwork.tv. Subscribe for meal plans, recipes, cooking shows, and our very own The Magic Pill and The Magic Plant, as well as access to my favorite documentaries. The Evolve Network is also home to our full library of podcasts, with new release podcasts airing first and in full on the channel. You can also watch selected vodcasts in a video format. Enjoy this highlight of our podcast and head over to evolvenetwork.tv for the full Evolve podcast experience. The Evolve with Pete Evans podcast is a conversation about my favorite ingredients for a healthy human experience. We take an informed look at topics that include nutritional and emotional well-being as well as expanded consciousness. I love exploring the topics that are not traditionally taught at school and take a deep dive into them with my special guests. I invite you to sit back and come along for the ride with an open mind and heart and please share with your family and friends as these podcasts may just be the seed from which many things will flourish from. Cheers. We've been using Waters Co. water filters for the last 10 years and I wholeheartedly trust my family's health with them. Waters Co., established 1977, have personal and domestic water filters, which turns your ordinary tap water into great tasting, alkaline, ionized mineral water, which removes up to 99.9% of fluoride, heavy metals, chemicals, and bacteria, so you can love your tap water again. The Bio 1000 is the latest edition of the BMP 1000 model and the culmination of over 40 years of experience and research into water filtration by some of the world's leading scientists. Waters Co. was first to market with natural gravity-fed systems, creating alkaline water way back in 1984, and have continued to lead the market in research and development, setting the benchmark for all other brands to follow. Please go to my webpage, PeteEvans.com, to learn more and to receive your special discount from my link on the products page. You're going to love it. Dr. Seth Gerlach attended the University of Missouri, then received a doctorate of chiropractic from Logan College of Chiropractic, and following graduation, he continued his training by receiving a diplomat in internal diagnosis from the American Board of Chiropractic Internists. He has since completed multiple training courses in functional medicine. He believes that the body is made to heal. By removing harmful substances, thoughts and habits, the body can begin to heal, and after adding in what the body has been missing, health can soar. To find out more about Dr. Seth Gerlach, please visit his website, drsethgerlach.com. That's D-R-S-E-T-H-G-E-R-L-A-C-H.com. Seth, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. How are you, brother? I'm awesome, Pete. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Mate, what a splash you've made recently. I tell you what, when I... Somebody sent me your video about what is in vaccines, and I was like, "Ooh, who's this truther?" <laughs> and I usually don't like to use uh, those sort of labels, but I was like, "Whoa, this guy's going for it!" And he's a doctor, and he has the gift of the gab too, which is you can talk the talk, walk the walk, and um, you you don't seem to be fearful of it, which is a unique position for somebody like you to be in. Yeah. Funny story. I thought of that in the shower one morning. I thought it'd be, you know, pretty humorous to just uh, be super sarcastic about a really heated topic, but I hope it opened up some people's eyes to that. But yeah, I just with what's going on today, 
<laughs> the climate with everything. I wake up and like, all right, maybe I won't talk about anything today. And then I open up and I start scrolling through. And I'm like, okay, I've I got to jump in, you know, because as you've seen, everything it feels like common sense is gone. So here we are. And political correctness seems to be such a. Um, I don't know. I I, I grew up. Uh, my wife and I last night. We watched Plandemic, the new movie that just came out. I don't know if you've seen it yet on London that was the Real. New one. Yeah, that's the new one. And How was uh, it? amazing. It was amazing. It was really, fuck, I mean, I, I cried in it, you know. I was like, wow. It's an emotional journey for so many reasons, you know, and, and it brings up the emotions of anger, fear, hope, love, courage, resilience, just fuck everything is what a great film a great documentary is meant to do it's meant to meant to pull on all of those things and make you think make you feel and and it did that and straight afterwards we were like we wanted some lightheartedness we started talking about police academy for some reason we, we decided i don't know if you've seen the police academy series but we decided to watch the watch police academy one and I haven't seen it for 30 years, but I could still remember every single part and she could funny. as well that flows in that. And how politically incorrect that film was at that particular point in time and how we could laugh at things and really have a laugh at things. And that's why I wanted to get you onto this, this podcast because you're bringing humour to, to what I would say are the most important topics that we can look at at the moment that apparently we're not meant to talk about. Sure. You know, things like, like you said, political correctness, as we get into, and I made a video on this, on lockdown consequences, political correctness kills, literally, you know, just us blindly following a narrative of lockdowns work or masks save lives, you know, shutting down businesses save lives, all these things have consequences. And it's a shame because people do live in fear. They're afraid of speaking up. But we all have to band together, I think, and be one voice. And I think there is a lot of people, thanks to you, too, just you know, teaching people and showing them what the potential is for life, living, and being a, a robust human being. You know? That's what we're, we're here to do. We're here to thrive. We're not here to just kind of sit back and watch Netflix all day, although you have some pretty awesome stuff out there. We're here to make a big impact in the world. I believe that. Yeah. So uh, that's where I want to delve into today to understand who Seth is. Cause you know, you, you re just recently popped up onto my radar and I'm usually pretty aware and of who are the, the, who are the people in the, in the medical field that unapologetically afraid to stand in their truth. And the reason that I, I can make that statement is because in this country, for instance, I know one of, one of two doctors that I've both had on the podcast that have been silenced by our medical institutions. For one was Dr. Gary Fetke, who is an orthopedic surgeon who chops off people's feet and limbs when they have late-stage type 2 diabetes. And he came out and said, hey, listen, you know, maybe to his patients, maybe you should look at reducing your carbohydrate intake because here's the evidence. And he was silenced by his own medical establishment for stating that. And another fellow that Dr. Greg Emerson, brilliant, brilliant doctor. He was, I believe, sending 
blood test over to Germany to test for Lyme disease because it doesn't exist in this country. And he was reported and shut down as well. And I can list them on my hand and there's probably more, but then there's people like yourself that are like, fuck it. I need to stand up. And I guess where I want to go to with you is what makes you Seth that, that has the courage to stand up and, and sort of risk it all. Sure. Well, one, I run my own business, so I don't have the fear of an employer shutting me now, which is great. So I'm a big fan of freedoms, but I'm an even bigger fan of medical freedom as well. And like you said, how people are getting censored today, and we've so quickly gone to where we're at, that should be alarming for a lot of people. I saw a video just this morning of police in Australia going door to door talking to people about stuff they're posting on social media. I don't know if you've seen that yet. I can't remember where it was, but mm -hmm. holy crap. Holy crap. So my journey when I was young, I was really sick from age 13 to 18. I was on five medications, intense brain fog, vertigo, migraines, GI issues, anxiety, depression. And I went through the conventional medicine model. I had all the test room, blood tests, uh, CTs, MRIs, EEGs, ENGs, I saw dozens of doctors and they all said the same thing. It's all in your head. Keep taking the medications. There's nothing wrong with you. So after being through this and being jaded so many times and hitting complete rock bottom, you know, not wanting to live uh, just because I was so ill and had so little hope for the future, I was, thank God, forced to look outside of the model, the model we were surrounded with. And I got hooked up with some, thankfully, amazingly smart doctors who told me, you know, the body is meant to heal. We're meant to thrive. If you're, you are sick because something is off in your body and, you know, going through that process and cleaning that out and being the healthiest I've ever been right now, it allows me to have perspective of both sides, but the way I was treated in the conventional medical model and knowing that, you know, 90 plus percent of my patients go through the same thing, it left to just a terrible taste in my mouth of, you know, just as dictatorial, we know better than you, just shut up and take this and we'll see you in a year type thing. But I, I guess I'm just a red-blooded American at heart. I just, I don't like people telling me what to do, Pete. I just, I don't know if it's a problem I got or what, but, and I especially like calling out people like the media who I think spin the truth and are out to make news and not really report the news. So that's kind of where I come from a little bit. And yeah, this whole thing, I think, just stirred up. It was like this perfect convergence of like politics, health, and like media, uh, pandemic mixed all into one. And they, they were all like intermixed. And I'm like, okay, I know a lot about all these things and it's all bullshit. So I'm just going to throw my two cents in. So hopefully... I'm waking people up. We're getting great responses. I love talking to people on my pages. They're amazing. And they want freedom. They want health. They want to choose how to keep their family healthy. So talk to me about you were sick for five years through the traditional system. Maybe I shouldn't say traditional, through the, through the modern system or that system because I, I need to be very careful here because there was a traditional system once upon a time that used wisdom, ancient wisdom that we cultivated through our evolutionary history of, of how to heal. 
each other, whether it was the the shaman in the in the village or the witch doctor or the herbalist or the the cook, <laughs> you know, grandma or, or whoever did the cooking in the home, you know, they knew what to do to a degree. And so I would call that traditional medicine or wisdom. And now we have this new system that has emerged over the last hundred years, give or take, a decade or so, which is what I would call the the modern medical system. But then what has emerged over the last two decades, give or take again, is the integrative system, the integrative doctor that I still don't understand why it's not mainstream yet. Like why is, I don't don't mean any disrespect here to any of the doctors that may be listening, which probably very few would listen to my podcast, but hopefully there is. Why is it that, say, a, when you come through medical school and you decide to become a general practitioner, why isn't it that the integrative model hasn't been taught to you before you leave to open your practice or open your clinic? It seems like you've learned so much, but one of the, one of the other tools that could be in your toolkit seems to be not there. But then people like you go on and study that extra bit. And I don't even know what my question is here, but I guess where I was going was modern medicine seems to be where I believe it should be, or present medicine should be integrative medicine that takes in ancient wisdom and modern medicine or contemporary medicine. Talk to me about this and and your realization about medicine over, over your journey. Sure. And I think a lot of it comes down to money, Pete, as you would imagine. Most things do. So my journey, I, I wound up in chiropractic school, believe it or not, just because I, the doctors I found who were the smartest, who helped me the most were chiropractors. I went to chiropractic school and um, got a little better, well, uh, still was struggling. And then I wound up finding these functional medicine docs who were reversing autoimmune disease, curing cancer, you know, diabetes and heart disease were no big thing. And I was like, this is amazing. You never hear about this stuff before, you know? So that's what got me into more functional medicine. That's what I've been doing for, you know, six years or so now. But I think from what I understand, the doctors I've spoken to, you know, the medical schools today, a lot of the curriculum is sponsored by pharmaceutical companies. And the large majority and the basis of, especially the last half of schooling, again, don't have firsthand experience from people I talk to, is largely just pharmaceutical based. You know, they have you know, halls on campuses that are bought and paid for by pharmaceutical companies. You know, they have big, you know, revenue coming in and grants and all kinds of things. So to toe that line is sometimes that the leash is a little bit shorter. And I think it's not only that, I think it's, uh, I'm a big fan of studies and it's, you don't find a lot of, you know, peer reviewed journals on, you know, efficacy of food, nutrients, sunlight, sleep, meditation, things like that. There's not a whole lot of money in that, you know? Who's going to throw millions of dollars at that research? So much of our research today is backed by pharmaceutical companies, you know? And it's just like this continuous loop and cycle that almost we're stuck in. I think at least the doctors I've spoken to, the MDs, DOs, nurse practitioners who have gotten out of the system, like they were like, I, I wasn't getting anyone well. Like, people came to my practice and we just kind of, you know, sustained them until they like, you know, went on or whatever. But the people that step out and you get into this integrative model, whatever you want to call it, natural, holistic model, 
and you combine the best of all worlds, I mean, that's when you can ignite someone's health. Because, you know, I'm a fan of, I'm always learning. I have an open mind. I am never the smartest guy in the room because I want to learn as much as possible. So my learning is never complete. And I learn from my patients. I learn from journals. I learn from videos. I'm always taking notes and watching documentaries because I want to get better and deliver that to my patients. And I think if uh, every physician, health coach, whatever had that uh, position, I think we would be in a, a really good spot. Open-minded. <laughs> what is that? What is that today? <laughs> I mean, that seems to be, and sorry, I'm, I, I, I often do, I look out at where I'm at at the moment and I'll spin the screen around just so you can see. And I live on a, a wonderful property here. Oh, that's awesome. And the, the only reason I'm sharing that is because I often look out, out there for, for inspiration. Sure. You know, it's, it's, it gives me a moment of reflection and it's, it's so open. And when I'm on the land or on the country here, I tend to be very open to creation called creativity, but also to, to learning and to, and just to, to witnessing true nature and how it, uh, how it unfolds and watching a horses out there walking around as well. And, and I guess where I'm going with this is I, I can't help but feel that our society in our suburban or city structures, we lose that perception or perspective of broadness of openness of diversity so to speak and and bringing it back to where we're at now where we're wearing masks we're locked indoors to a degree in some some parts of the world is and does that close off our ability to create our ability to critically think our ability to have freedom. So talk to me about that and, and how that, that open-mindedness of yours has been cultivated through, through your experience through this lifetime. Sure. And I've kind of gone through, I guess you could call it spiritual awakening the past couple of years or so, just realizing, like you said, kind of the vastness of everything on earth and our role in that. And when you go through something like that, I think you just, you look at everything a little bit differently. You know, you look at TV programs differently. You look at, you know, nature a little bit differently. You look at how you treat patients or talk to people or what kind of person you are differently. But I think a lot of us have been disconnected from our ancestors, earth, whatever you want to call it, because we're so distracted. Like you said, we're a lot of, most people are in cities now. We've got technology at our fingertips all day, every day. We had emails, calls, texts, and I, I feel like we're, we've lost our ability to, you know, when we're busy, like especially kids, I think about kids now, when kids are just, you know, sitting in front of iPads all day, they're not thinking, they're, their creativity, their imagination's not going. That's why downtime is great for humans so we have this ability because everything starts as a thought. I really believe that, you know? So I used to, you know, back in the day, just got up and, went with the day. Wherever it took me, I was a slave to whatever happened. And whatever happened, it was like, God, why did that happen to me? But now looking at it differently, it's 
you get up and you can, you can create your day. You create your day every single day. When you do that, you create your life. And instead, instead of thinking up, you know, why did it happen to me? It's what is it teaching me? How, what do I learn? Again, it comes back to learning every single day, Pete. I'm a big proponent of that because I think we're all here as humans to learn, learn from each other, learn from the earth, learn from everything. And like you said, I think we are disconnected. I'd love to come hang on your farm and uh, chill out. That's why I really connect. When I go in the woods and I like just chill, sit, hike, meditate, whatever, I'm just, I'm on fire. And I, I wish that more people could do that because I think they would kind of reconnect and get that fire back. My family and I have been using beautiful, high-quality essential oils for the last 20 years to live healthily every single day. Now, if you're passionate about health and are ready to step into leadership, I want to invite you to partner with my team and I to build a beautifully successful doTERRA business. Register at PeteHLC.com backslash Pete. That's PeteHLC, which stands for the Healthy Living Collective, dot com backslash Pete. When you talk about your spiritual awakening, are you open to sharing what that, what that was, what, what path that you took? As I've had many different guests on here and myself, I'm very open about my own psychedelic or entheogenic journeys through this and breathwork ceremonies and, and different modalities that people, people use. And even my wife and I will sit down and have tea ceremony and, and sometimes I drop into a space, not, not as often as probably she would like, but she definitely creates a, a space for herself and for others where it's, it's, it's very transformative. But we all have these different outlets that we can go to for these transformative experiences. So what was it for you or what, what different routes have you explored to help, again, keep you open or even expanding your consciousness? Sure. And I think I... I guess I kind of fell into it and I, I think I was, you know, unhappy, but not knowing why I was unhappy, didn't have like a, a clear path. Again, I wasn't creating my day, got hooked up with an amazing, like angel, intuitive, spiritual teacher, just super cool. Like you walk in first day I walk in, I'm like, wait, I didn't fill any paperwork. She's like, Oh no, just sit down. It's all good. This is what you have going on. This is what you have going on this. And I'm like, holy shit, like, how do you know that? And she's like, oh yeah, it's all good. I can, I pick up all this stuff. But that was, she's just so cool in that, you know, this is where you're at. These are your paths. Like, how are you going to choose? What's the best thing for you? But that just got me into like clearing old energies and realizing old mindsets that I was stuck in, old relationships to get rid of, baggage to get rid of. And, you know, since then I've gone to you know, energy workers, healers. I've been, I've been doing transcendental meditation for years, probably eight or nine years or so. So that's always been a staple, but throughout, like, it's like every single thing builds on one another for me and realizing my nature and like how I need a lot of downtime. I need a lot of alone time. I need a lot of me time and nature time. But when I do that, I can connect to God, to source, whatever, to get guidance I need. And yeah, like I said, I feel like a lot of people could use it. I haven't done plant ceremonies or anything like that, although uh, sounds amazing. I'm always open. Again, I'm open to things like that and how to expand our thinking and consciousness. I think there's so many things out there that, uh, again, we poo-pooed them without 
really giving them a second thought to say, what could this really do? Just, yeah, I think if the mass amount of the population were doing the things that we were doing, how different would the consciousness on the earth be right now in regards to you know everything that's going on? That's something I think about a lot. I love that. It seems like we've got a very similar journey. I've had uh, many different energy healers and spiritual awakenings or spiritual workers, light workers, as you, as you would call it. Uh, I actually had one do uh, remote healing on me this morning and last night and last week, and I'm open to that. And, and how does somebody with your, I guess, uh, upbringing, were your parents open to this type of thing or is it have you spoken to them about this type of thing tell me about how how whether it was part of your journey or whether you've you've become a way shower or the black sheep of the family or t- tell us about the journey because i know there's be a lot of people listening to this that this might be the first time they've heard of energy workers or spiritual workers and sure they're probably thinking fuck pete's lost the plot he's right. got another guy on but <laughs> These guys are nuts. He's gone into, into woo-woo land. Yep. So let's talk about this. So yeah, I, I was same thing. I was like, these people are crazy. These are woo-woo. None of this shit's real. You guys are just nuts. Like that's how I grew up, you know? And my parents were awesome though. They just weren't into all that stuff. We were, you know, you know, Christian based. We go to church twice a week. I still have a great, you know, relationship with God. But they're super supportive and like whatever I want to do, they're like, yeah, go rock it. You can do it. It's awesome. So I'll tell them stories. I don't tell them every single thing because they'd be like, okay, what the heck? But they don't fill them on, on a few things. But I try to keep them up to date and share things that's pertinent and that can help them out too. You know, because a lot of stuff I went through is like healing stuff from like my mom or my dad and people, you know, people can take that on, from, like, especially from age seven and under as when your subconscious is really developed. By the way, I love where this podcast is going. Didn't think we go here. But that's a huge imprint on, you know, your subconscious drives 90 plus, 95% of your thought process every single day. And as we're children, age under seven, that's when it's developed. And it's a shame today. I think we put that flame out too early with kids. Again, we stamp out the imagination. We stamp out kids that are a little bit different and running around. We make them sit in a chair all day in school and say, you have to memorize these things and be quiet. And I think we're doing a disservice to a lot, a lot of kids. Um, I think we could support them in different ways. But I, so I wish I knew about all this stuff when I was young. So I didn't have to go through all that. You know, I, I could have skipped like 10 years and just uh, known it from the beginning. Probably wouldn't be here right now talking to you. But, you know, that's a passion of mine. I actually started a project with one of my friends called the Happy Healthy Kids Project. because It's so near and dear to my heart. Like, how do we prevent the next generation to, from getting where we're at right now? How do we teach them young about all the stuff we're talking about, you know, and, and prep them for a life of health and happiness? Mm, I love you, brother, for, for saying that as well. I mean, prevention has always been the, the driving force of, of my message and many other messages, you know, and, and it's always been an in, interesting observation and awareness that the people that have gravitated towards some of our messages and being a chef i've stepped into the role of using food as one of the tools of of medicine or of health so to speak and a lot of the people that have gravitated towards this message have been people that are 
at the at the end they're frustrated they're very sick they're 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 at their last sort of roll of the dice so to speak you're like fuck it if i've got to change my diet I, i'd rather die uh-huh yeah but they don't they're like okay this is this is my last my last my last chance to be healthy and and within three or four weeks they're like i can't believe it was so easy why, why the fuck wasn't this told to me by that doctor, that specialist, this person, this person, this person, this person, the media? How, how can it be so simple? And they're there shouting it from the rooftops. And I do want to make it very clear that food is not the answer to every single disease and, and illness and, and emotional state there is, but it's a pretty good start. Oh, for sure. It's a really good start. For, and for some, it's all they need. And for others, it's just the catalyst that starts them on the journey where they might come and have a chiropractic adjustment or they might go and see a spiritual or emotional healer to help them come back into balance. And, and I wonder why it is in, in that we have to hit rock bottom instead of what you're talking about is prevention, which is education, which is, as you said, so they don't, the next generation doesn't have to hit rock bottom they come into the world with all of the tools and they've got access to all of these tools emotional spiritual physical so and and they're vibrating at this frequency that is just you know like you are like myself like others that we get on this podcast that have gone through that bullshit (laughs) yeah broken broken out yeah can you imagine I, I can imagine this is why we do this, you know, and, and why you're setting up the, the new project. And what resistance have you found so far? You know, I don't want to throw a negative slant onto this, but I, I, I want to identify the pushbacks or the resistances that you might face in endeavoring to do something like this. Sure. And, you know, it's fairly new. It's still a baby. From my perspective and my work with, you know, clients over the years is, I feel like the number one barrier for kids getting healthy is the parents cooking the food for the kids. You know, they'll say, oh, well, they'll never eat that. Oh, the the kids are too picky, so we're not going to do that. Or the rest of the family doesn't eat like that, so we're not going to do that. So I think getting the family on board and realizing it's it's not just about the kids, it's about the whole family, doing it together and up-leveling together because, I mean, I just don't, I don't get it. Like I can't even be in that thought process of like, if my kid was that sick, I would do anything. There's a great meme the other day. It was like, you know, parents, most parents say they would die for their kids, but so few parents live a healthy lifestyle to set an example for their kids or cook for their kids or take their kids hiking or teach them some of this stuff. So we want to try to make it as simple as possible when, you know, delivering this so yeah, if you have any thoughts on that, I know you got crazy experience with this. So I'd love to hear. <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed the first half of this podcast. If you'd like to listen to the rest, please visit evolvenetwork.tv. That's evolvenetwork.tv. I'll see you there. The information, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast should not be treated as a substitute for nutritional medical or other advice by a qualified professional. Guests in this podcast express their own opinions, experiences and conclusions. Nothing in this podcast should be used to diagnose, 
treat, cure or prevent any medical condition. Neither Pete Evans nor any sponsor endorse any views, opinions or conclusions expressed or shared in this podcast.